0: Lost Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, Fantasy Football Mastermind Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip, the latest NFL news, and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season remember there's no bragging rights for finishing second you lose good day sir here's your host of the fantasy football mastermind edge michael Nazareth.
1: welcome to the show everybody it is october 11th yes it's week six of the 2022 nfl season My name is Michael Nasrek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend, very loyal uh, fantasy football writer and uh, experienced fantasy player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris?
2: Very well, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, Just looking forward to talking about some football. I got to recover from my weekend last weekend where all but one of my teams got their butt handed to them badly, so just had random some buzz saws, so definitely looking forward to a little more positive outcomes with this podcast and with my week six
1: yeah I actually had the the opposite effect with the exception I think of our fanex league where I believe we scored the second highest total and lost
2: yep how did that happen
0: <laughs> well yeah and
2: unlike uh, unlike real football you don't get to control how many points the other team scores you can only control your own and we had a pretty good week and just uh, had the, the bad luck of the draw, and that, that sometimes happens. That's happened to me quite a bit so far in this early season, and that's uh, something I just we just had to suffer through together with our Fanex team this week. I guess
1: that's right. I, I've got a team in the FFPC that that has got a losing record, and yet I'm like fifth in total points in the league. So. I should be two or three, two and three or three and two, and I'm not. And you know, it is what it is. But it is what it is, right? All right, let's get to the news and notes. Uh, The the first firing of the NFL happened this uh, just yesterday. Uh, The Panthers fired head coach Matt Rule. Uh, He just wasn't winning. Uh, he's going to take a big, huge chunk of change, several million dollars, home with him, uh, cash and prizes this consolation prize. Uh, and then after they fired him, the, they they made a point of saying that hey, uh, if the story came out that possibly CMC might be traded or maybe shopped to Buffalo or the Rams or whatnot, and, and then they said, no, no, we're not we're not trading CMC. We're not going to tear this thing down. We just want, need to build it back up, going in maybe a slightly different direction. Uh, what, what's your take on the fancy impact uh, of the firing at all, uh, Chris?
2: Yeah, that, that was – honestly, it was kind of surprising. I know the, the Panthers haven't looked very good, but it still kind of surprised me uh, that they stuck with them through some of the crap that's gone on so far on the field and they, and they didn't do anything. And they did something so soon this year. But, you know, that being said, I think Carolina's got uh, a lot more talent than they've showed. So there are some opportunities for some teams to start calling, and I'm sure everyone was calling expecting the fire sale. Um, like you said, they made a good point of saying CMC isn't going anywhere. I'm sure a guy that a lot of people have asked about with DJ Moore, just as, as talented and as productive as he's been for NFL and fantasy, obviously, um, and he's not doing anything. I'm sure a lot of teams that are a little wide receiver shy, like maybe the Packers uh, or some other, the Giants, probably would, would come a calling for DJ Moore. So I think he may be more likely to go because he might come at a more reasonable price. Um, but, but they've also got a lot of guys, uh, you know, they've got some really good, got a really good left tackle. They've got some really, a really good defensive uh, pass rusher, defensive lineman. So maybe that there will be a little bit of a fire sale, but it is uh, intriguing that they had to go out of their way to say we're not trading our big boy just yet.
1: Yeah, they, uh, they've they already made that uh, – he was set to make over $8 million this year, and they've already converted that into a signing bonus, so they've already got him. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't uh, – I guess he'd have to get money back in, in exchange of a trade or whatnot, but I, I think that that would really be killing the franchise because a lot of people love CMC, and, and he seems to produce and at least get some offense there. And, uh, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield just wasn't cutting it. Now he's got a high ankle sprain out a, a couple of weeks. P.J. Walker is the guy there. I remember it used to be Teddy Bridgewater. No, but he's gone. <laughs> my, my, I mean, he's got injury problems over there, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Carolina because their their schedule is not getting any easier, uh, you know, and, and we'll see what happens with them uh, this week. Uh, moving on over to uh, your side of the country, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Jonathan Taylor didn't play in the, in the game last Thursday night with that ankle injury. have uh, Mines, uh, I had him along with Taylor on one of my teams and started him, and he uh, he dropped the pass right off the bat and had a run and then caught a pass, got dinged and got up and was woozy, uh, kind of a la Tua, and you knew that that was the end and he was out of the game. Deion Jackson then came in and shared the workload with Philip Lindsay. So uh, I know that a lot of times these teams don't talk during the, the semi or mini buys you know, for 10 days uh, so we're we're into the middle of the next week. Start of the next week, what have you heard, if anything, uh, about Jonathan Taylor and Iom Hines? What's going on in, in Indianapolis and the Colts?
2: Yeah, that's, that's actually really interesting. Like you said, there's a lot of extra days, so there's some extra days off for the team, and because of that, they don't have to report anything, and they don't report anything. And uh, considering the magnitude of these two injuries, um, and obviously the, the the concussion thing being at the forefront in the NFL right now. Kind of surprising they've been so quiet about it. But uh, it, is, it is worth noting that both uh, guys seemed fairly positive when asked themselves about playing this week uh, af- uh, after Thursday night game. Naheem Hines actually, surprisingly, if you notice, he walked himself to the locker room unaided, really without anyone next to him. So I think he's actually, with the extra days in between, has a better chance of, of coming back out of uh, that nasty of a concussion out of the protocol in, in a timely enough fashion to play. Again, they haven't said anything. That's just my opinion. Uh, and then the, Taylor really kind of implied that that he had a chance to play last week, although it was shocking with what may have been a high ankle sprain. Um, again, no word yet today, but uh, or yet this week, but they, they do seem to be implying that there's a, a chance he plays this week. So considering the fact that he may be out there, maybe both of them out there, I wouldn't – be burning too much of your free agent money on either Philip Lindsay or uh, Dion Jackson because, at best, they are a they are a one week fix, a short term fix uh, in, in a in a uh, uh, a committee at best.
1: Yeah, I think also uh, come tomorrow we're going to get a little bit headsway there. If uh, if Taylor and or uh, Hines are limited at least uh, in practice, uh, then that's some more positive. If they're both not uh, practicing, then. There might be some warning bells there, but we'll see as the week goes on. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Richard Penny in Seattle, uh, oh, oh, golly, guy can't stay healthy. Uh, You know, coming off one of his best games of his career, uh, played uh, fairly well early on in this game and then, uh, you know, fractured his uh, fibula. Uh, So he's lost for the season. Um, Kenneth Walker, uh, Kenny Walker makes his – uh, he's going to make his uh, starting debut this coming week, and he ripped off a long run in that in that game. But there's other guys on the roster, including DJ Jall- DJ Jall- Dallas. So, what's the uh, fantasy impact there, uh, Chris? Uh, is it Walker time, or what's going on in Seattle?
2: Well, yeah, it's absolutely going to be Walker time. With as much as they like to run the ball, and as, and as much as uh, they 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 want to hand off to a guy Walker's clearly head and shoulders above everyone else they have there. You, you are right. DJ Dallas is not going to disappear. Um, I, I don't even know if Travis Homer still on the roster. I think he is. He's a, he's yes, a reasonable yes, pass catching IR. back. At, yeah. Reasonable pass catching back. If he comes back. So um, I don't think Walker's going to be, you know, 30 carries a game or even dominate the way um, the way Rashad Penny did. But I think he has a chance to be you know, a really inexpensive late round draft choice that, that could be a league winner, just with the number, with the amount of volume he's likely to get uh, in that offense, especially with Geno Smith surprisingly looking like a like a real quarterback, a real fantasy quarterback as well. So,
1: yeah, I, I tell you, everyone out there, uh, that's a, that's a, a big tip if you can get Geno at least on the Chief or whatnot, I mean, I probably might be too late for that. But uh, in a couple of leagues where I have Russell Wilson as one starter and I had uh, Derek Carr and two on the other, uh, you know, in both leagues, grabbed Geno Smith, just set him on the bench. And uh, guys was throwing dimes to Tyler Lockett and uh, Metcalf in the end zone last week and against the Saints, and I'm like, wow, wow. Uh, <laughs> So this guy is for real at least right now. So, you know, if you need a quarterback, uh, pick up Geno Smith because uh, outside of, like, the top five that are, uh, in fact, there's less than five elite quarterbacks out there, and the other guys in the top ten are barely hitting 21 to 22 points a week. Uh, if you're around uh, 10 to 15, you're, you're looking at 19, 20 points a week. And, and beyond that, you've got Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, uh, not even in the top 15 people. Mm-hmm. So uh, Geno Smith is, is playing out of his mind right now. Uh, you know. And, and I think, like you say, uh, Kenny, Kenny Walker is going to be getting most of the carries for that team. Um, Travis Homer is on the IR. Uh, he's not due off for another couple of weeks. So it looks like DJ Dallas is going to be seeing most of the pass-catching role there. So people in, P, in larger leagues that are PPR, might want to grab him on the cheap, uh, assuming that Walker's uh, not available. Uh, moving on over to New England, uh, everyone was wondering, uh, who's the better running back uh, you know, to own for fantasy, uh, uh, Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson? Well, it looks like uh, when one goes down, the other one takes over completely pretty much, and that's what happened with Damian Harris, hamstring injury. Only played six snaps on Sunday. He's out multiple games. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson just took over, uh, saw about 25 carries, 160-plus yards uh, caught a couple of passes there. Uh, but there's Pierre Strong is on the on the bench, uh, and he was inactive this past week. So what's the take there in the New England moving forward with Harris out for two-plus games, Chris? Uh,
2: I, I think the take here is on the target share, rushing share, snap share that Ramondre Stevenson is definitely going to – Get get the bulk of that. He'll get the lion's share. But speaking of lions, it is important to remember that he did that against the lions. Okay, that is mm-hmm. one of the worst rush defenses you've ever seen. Everyone's putting up, you know, lights out numbers against them. I think he's definitely going to dominate touches. I just don't think he's going to necessarily put up, you know, high end RB one numbers like he did that week. You, you do have to take into account the situation that he stepped into that role in.
1: Okay, let's go through our list of uh, the rest of the list of injuries here. Uh, people in Dallas are wondering if Dak Prescott is going to be able to play uh, this week against the uh, Eagles. I think on Sunday night, and it's not looking good right now. But uh, you know, he's, he's he can hold the football, but you know, he's going to be able to, to throw it with force. Uh, and his uh, his his thumb is just not recovered to that point yet. We'll see. Maybe that might change in the next couple of days. We'll see. Uh, Tua uh, over in Miami still, uh, you know, on the sidelines with the concussion. Didn't play this week. Uh, we'll get some indication later this week whether he's got a shot to play there. Uh, Russell Wilson. Sp- speaking of uh, people are wondering what's wrong with Russell Wilson. Well, he, going into the game last Thursday night, he had the uh, shoulder kind of a shoulder impingement type thing. Uh, after the game, he uh, ended up getting an injection, uh, kind of like what uh, half with Dak Prescott last year uh, and uh, But he's going to try and play through it. Uh, if I'm you, uh, if everyone's out there, you, uh, Russell Wilson, you're, you're your main guy. And if you don't have a solid backup, Geno Smith people. Okay, I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, moving on over to New Orleans, James Winston with the back ankles. Missed the last couple of games. We'll see if he can practice, practice this week. Uh, New England is hoping that Mac Jones uh, with the ankle uh, high ankle sprain can come back. He's missed a couple of games there. We'll see if he can practice. Uh, moving on over to running back position other than Taylor and Hines. Uh, you've got uh, in Indian there. You've got Arizona's James Connor left the game with a rib injury or, uh, late in the first half. Uh, he's listed his day-to-day uh, his running mate, uh, Darrell Williams, also uh, suffered an injury, and Eno Benjamin took off, uh, took over. So if Eno Benjamin is available, people will grab him and, and snap him up. He's probably not available. But if he is, uh, you know, he might end up starting this week. A um, whole bunch of wide receiver injuries here. Tyreek Hill with a foot uh, down there in Miami had, a, a walk, had it in a walking boot. They think he'll be okay, but we'll see. T. Higgins pulled the old, uh, I'm going to be active and try to play, but I can't run around, so I'm not going to play at all and screw my fantasy owners. And that's what happened. He's, they're listening to him his day-to-day. Uh, if he doesn't practice fully by Friday, I'm not playing him. Uh, that's just me. Uh, Keenan Allen, I'm one of my teams. Boy, uh, he has not uh, he has not uh, played since week one. Hamstring injury. He re-injured it a week and a half ago. Hopefully he can play this week. We'll see. Uh, in uh, New Orleans, they got all kinds of problems. they got Michael Thomas with the foot. Uh, now Chris Olabi's got the concussion. A Jarvis Landry with the ankle was a surprise inactive last week. We'll see if any of these guys can practice and play this week. Um, and in, in Baltimore, you've got Rashad Bateman with that foot injury. He didn't play last week. Uh, they're hopeful that he'll play. We'll see. Isaiah McKenzie, concussion, still saddest and certain. We'll check him later in the week. And some tight end injuries. Kyle Pitts with the hamstring didn't play last week. Uh, still up in the air there. Dawson Knox with a foot and a hamstring. Pat Friarmuth with a concussion to suffer this week in the game. And Logan Thomas with a calf didn't play last week. He got a limited uh, uh, practice in on Monday for Thursday night's game, but he did not practice today. That sounds pretty bad. That's a downgrade. And uh, that's it. that uh, does it for the list of injuries for our show. By the way, we cover all the injuries out there every day on the site, ffmastermind.com. Uh, uh, we do that in our fourth and one premium injury report for our subscribers. And, of course, we want to thank uh, our sponsor for our show uh, every week this year, FanDuel. Uh, Tackle means and prizes all fantasy football season-long in FanDuel's fantasy contests. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now new customers get a free single-game entry when you sign up for FanDuel. Single-game contests are a great way to get in on the action for the week's biggest matchups with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five-player lineup and put your best player in the MVP position where fantasy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel, you can also play full slate contests featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you get paid fast, and I guarantee you they do pay you fast because I've played with them in the, before in the past. So uh, kick off your fantasy season, if you haven't already, with a free single-game entry. Just download the fantasy, uh, fantasy FanDuel Fantasy app and sign up with promo code MASTERMIND. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D. That's promo code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D, to get your free single game entry. And we'll be right back after this important message.
0: You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff. And the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to FFmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which gives you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. championship redrafter dynasty keeper auction salary cap idp they cover them all with the best content available anywhere go to ffmastermind.com the longer you wait the more great information you'll be missing
1: Okay, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff on there, including our flagship feature, uh, NFL QuickBits. We update with news every single day, often throughout the day. And, of course, we're still producing free eye-in-the-sky Scanning reports from the NFL teams, including uh, those from the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly fantasy in-season newsletters, uh, Premium, uh, have been discounted, appropriated down to twenty four ninety five. Uh, early season sale. Lots of good stuff on there, including the market feature on Tuesday night, uh, the inside slant, uh, holla from the cheap seats, uh, uh, fantasy rankings updated on Saturday, uh, late week fantasy reaches, picks to click and flick the, the entire list, people. And please, uh, that's all. That's only 24.95. Uh, f- and all, of course, please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. All right, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick, guys. that You want to consider for your starting lineup. And, guys, you want to maybe bench this week. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris.
2: Yeah, there's not a lot of great streaming options if you're a Derek Carr owner looking to replace him this week. But I'll give you two gutsy options. They're both playing on Thursday night. Start with Carson Wentz. There, there has not been a more obvious matchup-based fantasy option at quarterback. Uh, in, in three games against pass defenses, rated in the bottom half of the league, he's topped 300 yards in all three and thrown multiple touchdowns, 30.5 fantasy points per game with 10 scores. In two games against top five pass defenses, he only totaled 24 fantasy points and threw one touchdown in both games combined. This just in, the Bears are not a top five pass defense. And they just got lit up by a tired Viking squad. So the only thing that slows him down is pass rush because of all the offensive linemen out. But the Bears have amongst the fewest sacks in the NFL. Wentz should have another good game. And then across the field, I like Justin Fields. The commanders have allowed amongst the fewest completions in the league so far, yet they are top ten in fantasy points allowed in passing yards. So it doesn't take volume to damage them. They've allowed just under three touchdown passes a game, and they've faced three quarterbacks ranked 20th or lower in fantasy points, so not exactly a murderer's row. Um, Fields had season high in nearly every fantasy category last week, and this commander's team is just ripe for the picking. Um, this defense, even last year, allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks, the most TD passes, et cetera, and most importantly, the most quarterback rushing attempts and yards in 2021. Every mobile quarterback they played lights them up. I think Justin Fields might have his best fantasy game this week.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you there. A couple guys I like this week, uh, I've been pimping them already. Geno Smith, uh, they're playing the Cardinals. Cardinals' secondary is not exactly very good. I think that uh, Geno's going to burn them for at least a couple scores this week. So if you need them. Uh, start Geno Smith with confidence. Kyler Murray, in that same game, Arizona, boy, it looks like it should be a burr uh high-scoring game. That's what uh, Seattle and Arizona have been playing, especially Seattle. Uh, defense not very good. Uh, and, of course, I think Kyler Murray is going to get off to a faster start in this game. So if you need, uh, obviously, if you own Murray, you're going to start him. Uh, I think he'll produce fine for you. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Zach Wilson for the Jets. The Packers secondary is very solid. Uh, Wilson's just not making the key throws, uh, basically almost ignoring Elijah Moore. I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, uh, it's a Brees-Hog day uh, game, uh, and also uh, Michael Carter, So uh, the passing game just doesn't seem to be producing very well under Wilson, and I'm sitting him against the Packers this week. And, of course, Matt Ryan. Wow. Uh, (laughs) You know, a couple of weeks ago in Jacksonville, it was a crap show. Uh, Hopefully it will be a little bit better in Indy this week, uh, but they're playing against the Jaguars, and this team doesn't seem to play very well against the Jaguars. So I'm sitting Matt Ryan this week, if at all possible. How about you, uh, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about this week and why?
2: Yeah, as a Colts fan, I should probably apologize for what you had to watch Thursday night. So I'll throw that out there right now to be, to stand up for him. Um, I'll, I don't like <laughs> Cooper Rush this week. I mean, he's a great story. He's an amazing runs, playing smart football, but he's a total fantasy dud. He's averaging under 14 points per game in his four starts, averaging 12 points per game in the last two weeks, despite playing two bottom-dwelling pass defenses. Under 200 yards a game, one touchdown a game, no rushing potential. Now he faces a hot Philly defense on the road. Don't get cute here in the bye week. Somebody on the waiver wire has got to be better as a spot start than a guy that hasn't even posted average fantasy numbers. I might actually start Matt Ryan or Skylar Thompson first. Uh, And then uh, you mentioned him earlier, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is just a really rough play in any circumstances in the Denver offense right now. He's posted under 15 fantasy points, three of his last four. To make it worse, like you said, he's nursing a throwing arm injury and facing a team that's easier to run against than to pass against. So even though his average fantasy scoring is akin to Justin Fields, who I like this week, his trajectory is going in the opposite direction, and it can't be augmented by significant rushing potential. So low ceiling, low floor, plus injury is a bad idea even in a bye week.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. How about a couple running backs you like this week and why?
2: Well, we talked earlier about Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, But but you look at his opponent this week, it is pretty promising. The Browns' run defense is simply one of the worst playing with this weekend with Houston and Detroit both off. They've allowed the second-most fantasy points to running backs so, so far in a league-high eight running back touchdowns. They also just got plowed for about 300 total yards and three touchdowns by the Chargers running backs. They gave up 220 in a pair of scores to a weakened Falcons running back by committee the week before. Um, he is a potential bell cow rising, like we talked about earlier, and with Harris out, um, yeah, you know, Steven's interested to get a lot of chances to have an impact. Bailey Zapp under center, Zappy under center, trying to protect him from a tough pass rush doesn't hurt his usage either. And then I love Devin Singletary this week. Um, if you watch the Monday night football game, you notice that the Chiefs' run defense had no answer for Josh Jacobs. You may have also noticed that Carr was 9 for 9 targeting running backs and 10 for 21 targeting everyone else. The Chiefs have allowed 10 catches per game by running backs so far, far and away the most in the NFL, 13 more than anybody else through five weeks. And Singletary's use has been increasing in the passing game. He's got half as many receptions already as he did in all 17 games last year. So he should be solid in any format. It might just be a running back one in PPR in this matchup. They dump the ball to slow down the pass rushing strength of the Chiefs and set up the bigger plays.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I like that too because uh, the Bills seem to use Singletary when they're in a tough game. They use the heck out of especially in the passing game. And when they get the game in hand, that's when James Cook comes in the game and takes everything. So, okay, a couple of running backs I like this week Cam Akers, uh, surprise. Uh, you know, uh, Panthers have a soft run defense. Akers is a starter there. is uh, not getting much play time at all. So I think uh, Cameron's going to actually score in this game. So uh, if you need him, start him. Uh, Brian Robinson, uh, great story. Came back uh, you know, after being uh, shot <laughs> and played last week. Uh, just a little bit of action. Well, yeah, the Bears have allowed, like uh, Chris says, 622 rushing yards in five games. So um, if you need Robinson as a flex play, I start him, especially over uh, Antonio Gibson. I think Robinson's going to start in this game. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. Kareem Hunt, uh, just not feeling it against the Patriots. Uh, they just shut down a, a lot of the uh, passing uh, game, the short passing game there. And also uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, I don't think he's going to produce much against the Eagles. And also uh, Pollard takes a lot of carries there. In fact, he t- took the score last week. So I'd be concerned about uh, both those players. How about uh, you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why?
2: Uh, yeah, you mentioned Antonio Gibson. I thought it was really interesting how, how Brian Robinson was used, coming straight off the IR, out of the ER and off the IR, into the lead role, dominating touches and carries. Gibson went right back to a minor role. I think it's only going to swing further this week. Rivera has already said that Gibson will do more kick returning now that Robinson is back in the lineup. I think that's very telling. I think a lot of people see this matchup with Chicago as juicy, but I don't think Gibson's going to see enough of the pie to make him start worthy, and certainly not the workhorse. And I don't think you start a guy on Thursday night unless he's got a great matchup or unless you're desperate. And I don't think that's the case here. Washington's also banged up on the O-line, so I think the efficiency for either of these guys might not be as good as the matchup says it is, and it's going to be Robinson that gets most of the touches. And then my caution play is Najee Harris. Um, hard to get real excited about him, especially in a game that should produce a negative game script. You saw what happened to him last week. He's yet the top 75 yards this year. He's averaging 10 PPR points per game, despite being a good pass catcher. In fact, he's been in single digits for consecutive weeks and for nearly half of his last 12 outings. So the switch to the rookie quarterback and the tough opponent had him bottom out this week, only 11 carries, 20 yards, and I think the Bucks are going to do the same thing to him this week. It's supposed to be a cold day with a chance of rain, too. That doesn't help. Um, the Bucks just don't allow anything to the running back, especially receiving yards. So I think you just stay away from Najee Harris.
1: Okay, how about a wide receiver, a couple of guys you like this week and why?
2: Uh, I like the consistency of Alan Lazard. He's scored in three or four games this year. He's topped 100 yards in the one game he didn't score, so he's been a great producer in any format. His usage is elite. He's logging top 10 snap counts and route numbers, leading the team in targets. He's also scored nine touchdowns in his last nine games going back to last year, posting at least one touchdown in seven of those nine games and averaging 15.5 PPR points per game. Meanwhile, the Jets have been be- beaten this year more by the bigger and more technical receivers and have mostly limited the speed guys. So I just Roger's favorite red zone target's gonna score again this week and extend his streak rather than seeing a guy like Dobbs, the downfield threat, go off. And here here's here's a gut check time for one for you here. I know you as a Giants fan know this, but you know, who led the Giants in receiving in London's upset over Green Bay? It was the old friend Darius Slayton, seven targets, six catches, seventy nine yards, against a pretty good packers secondary with all the other guys out. He will again have a big role this week and he takes aim at the second most generous fantasy defense, for the wide receivers in a game. The G men are likely going to have to throw. He's basically free on the waiver wire or DFS, but he should post solid PPR numbers and at least be worth a wide receiver three this week, especially against Baltimore that's allowed the most receptions and second most yards this year. And will likely force the giants into throwing the ball. Here's a really weird stat that I saw too, about Darius Slayton: He's only scored three times since week one of 2020, the three games, against Washington, 30 miles away from Baltimore. Coincidence? I don't know. Maybe. But he seems to certainly like playing against those Chesapeake Bay guys.
1: I like that. I like that. Yeah, Darius Slayton. Mr. Uh, he doesn't fit in. And we need to trade him, and nobody wants him. And now he's leading the team. <laughs> this is how it is in New York. But, you know, Brian DeVall is a wizard. Uh, he makes all his adjustments at halftime. Uh, unlike somebody else uh, over in Denver, uh, but uh, yeah, that's why the team's four and one with a bunch of nobodies other than Saquon Barkley. Uh, so yeah. I like him too this week. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like. Rondell Moore uh, came off the uh, the injury list there. Uh, really got a lot of targets last week playing in the slot, uh, and he played most of the game in the slot, which is also a good indication that when uh, DeAndre Hopkins come back, he's still gonna have a major role. He's a great play against Seattle's uh, defense. As uh, no what what defense. So uh, if you need Rondell Moore as a flex play starter or as an R- WR three,
2: uh,
1: and then uh, let's see, my call of the week. Yeah, Darnell Mooney. Guess what? He's gonna score people. Yeah. I guess the Commanders on Thursday night. Uh, I've just uh, just got a gut feeling here that finally, like you say, Justin Fields is going to have a good game, and one of his touchdown passes is going to go to Darnell Mooney, so if you got him, start him, and you need him, because there's uh, so many teams, good teams off this week. Uh, A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Drake London, it's just not trending very well. I know he gets a massive target share there, but uh, they're playing the 49ers this week, so it's going to be very tough for him. Uh, Marcus Mario is just not connecting very well right now. And, uh, of course, I already talked About how Zach Wilson's not connecting with Elijah Moore so uh, Elijah Moore yeah what a waste of talent you got to sit more until he does something Uh, you know at least he was getting getting uh, between six and nine points per week PPR and then last week came the one catch on three target performance nope sit him Uh, how about you Chris a couple of wide receivers uh, that you're not crazy about and why this
2: week Uh, There's a couple just on one team. I don't like any of the Saints' wide receivers this week. The Bengals have played some high-powered offenses so far, and yet they've only allowed a single wide receiver touchdown through five weeks. The Saints, meanwhile, all three of these guys are totally banged up. They're good, but they're all either going to be out or playing at less than 100% and might, again, have a conservative approach with Dalton under center. I think this limited offense is going to run through Kamara and Hill again and probably not find a lot of luck. Even if you usually start one of these three guys, Olave, Michael Thomas, Landry, should all be bench material this week. And then uh, kind of my caution play is Devonta Smith. Um, The Cowboys have generally allowed the top guys to have their success and shut down everyone else, which doesn't bode well for a mercurial sort of player like Smith, who has been very high and very low in PPR scoring this year. He's got two games under five PPR points, including a goose egg, and three bigger games, but only one touchdown so far. Uh, Smith also struggled in both matchups with the Cowboys last year, only totaling six catches for 68 in two games without a score. Since the Cowboys only allow under fifteen points per game and only four wide receiver touchdowns? I think chasing last week's points with Smith and hoping for another big day for him might be kind of foolish.
1: Yep. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why?
2: Well, what's not to like about David Njoku, he's having a renaissance this year with Jacoby Brissett, the key target in recent weeks. And the last three weeks have put him on a torrid hundred and fifteen catch, fourteen hundred yard pace if he continues for the last three weeks. He has as many receptions and yards. This year, as he did in 2019 and 2020 combined, and he's a real threat. Uh, the Patriots, meanwhile, have allowed five tight end touchdowns already and allowed four in three games before their shutout last week. Surely there's going to be focus on stopping Nick Chubb in the run, so I think Njoku should consider to get a lot of action and a solid chance at a TD this week. And then a sneakier play that, again, is, is probably available on your waiver wire is Noah Fant. Uh, The Cardinals have allowed the second most tight end PPR fantasy points and the most receptions to the position. They've already had three tight ends score 17-plus PPR points in a single game and a fourth one scored in double digits. The guys that have beaten them are the more athletic field-stretching types, so I think a mismatch like Fant is better than a guy like Will Disley. So with the snaps of targets slowly shifting over the early season and Fant becoming more involved, I'd like him to be a cheap DFS play or a waiver wire ad for the bye weeks. By the way, Speaking of bye weeks, Seattle again faces Arizona in week nine, the other big bye week this year. So you might want to think about putting him on your bench.
1: There you go. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week in that uh, Arizona-Seattle game. Um, uh, Zach Ertz, big game coming against Port, tight end defending Seahawks. Also, I like Evan Ingram. He caught seven passes against the Colts in week two, and they're playing against them again this week. There you go. So start Evan Ingram if you need him. Uh Dalton Schultz, uh, boy, <clears throat> he re that knee injury. He's seen like four or five targets total over the last couple of games, have not caught a pass, playing very sporadically. Back to the bench you go. Hunter Henry, uh, if Mac Jones starts this week, he's not been looking at Hunter Henry at all, so you sit him. And also the Browns are a good uh, defending the tight end. So uh, how about uh, you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about?
2: Uh, I'll start with Tyler Conklin. He was kind of a surprise top-ten PPR tight end one in the early season, but I think his utility might have expired. Uh, First of all, his snaps and targets and fantasy points have fallen off a cliff since C.J. Uzoma has returned healthy to the lineup. After three straight high-target double-digit PPR weeks, he's totaled three catches for 52 yards on six targets in the two games with Uzoma back. And with Wilson under center, too, I don't think that's coincidence either. He got blank last week. And even if all this wasn't happening, the Packers have allowed the third fewest points, reception, targets, and yards to the tight end position so far and not a single touchdown. Just stay away from Tyler Conklin. Maybe start keeping your eye on Uzoma on the waiver wire. And then, sadly, I don't like Kyle Pitts. I mean, the 49ers have actually allowed even less to the tight end this year than the Packers with only 18 catches and no touchdowns. And that includes a 10-catch day by Tyler Higby in there in the five weeks. Um, It's not just a recent thing either. The last 21 games, The 49ers have only allowed four tight ends to top 10 PPR points, and none of them bested 12 points. So with Pitts presumably still nursing that hamstring injury, not even guaranteed to play, I suppose, an already slim position hit hard with bye weeks will still probably require you to look somewhere else rather than at Kyle Pitts, despite drafting him so high.
1: Okay, uh, Tom Brown, one hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them.
2: Okay, hey, one of your favorites is Will Lutz. Cincinnati's he's allowed the most field goal attempts and the second most kicker scoring. Lutz has also only missed four field goals at home in the last five seasons while he's missed 11 on the road. So I think at home you like Will Lutz. And then here's a guy, Taylor Bertolette. You might ask who that is. It's not Portolette. It's Taylor Bertolette. Um, if Hopkins sits again for the, for the Chargers, Bertolette has been perfect as a pro. He's in a good offense with a great matchup. Hopkins might also have been dropped. Uh, in, in not too deep leagues due to his week five injury. So either one of these guys has a great matchup. You can probably get Bertolette off your waiver wire um, for this week if you need him. The defenses I like, I like Minnesota going into Miami, a suddenly very human offense in Miami. is going to be piloted by either Skyler Thompson or a dinged-up Tua or Teddy Two Gloves, uh, maybe without Tyreek Hill as well. I like Minnesota to have their way um, with, with, uh, with that offense. And then I like Cleveland uh, at home against New England. New England's been pretty generous to the fantasy defense, and they're either going to start a gimpy Mac Jones or, or an untested, pretty much untested rookie Bailey Zappi. So either way, I like Cleveland's front seven to do some damage.
1: Let me some Zappi. <laughs> I just had to say that. All right. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our week seven. Oh, my gosh. So is it seven already? Seven preview. Good night and good luck to everyone this week.
0: Football. Football. You know, a uh, physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge good with one. your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.
2: Good day, sir.